on a peach crayon. All right, so welcome back, y'all. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a web series called Juju. Uh, it is a web series that I kind of fell upon by accident back last year, I think, or something like that. And I saw Afropunk article about it. And it was basically described, what got my attention was it's insecure meets charmed. So I was like, let's do this. I'm so excited. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I mentioned it again for this podcast. So, right. So we decided to jump into it. And since I was a fan of the old charmed um, up until a point, as well as the new charmed that came out. Um, that has the three sisters being of Latin as well as African descent. Um, it was something that it was interesting to me to see a black take on a similar storyline. Or, yeah, I want to say, like, African diaspora take on it. Because, so the woman who wrote and directed, her name is J. Moon Ferguson, or I might be saying that wrong, the first name right, but she goes by Moon Ferguson. And she's from Florida, but she's also like Chinese Jamaican, and really? her yeah wow. Chinese Jamaican. I know I was like deep diving on this after for a minute. She learned from this this form that I've never heard of that I wanted to look up novena. So if anyone knows about it, feel free to DM us about it or message us. Um, and then also Santeria and Cuban J and Jamaican heritage from her uh, grandmother. So she has this uh, this already rich background, but something that I also found was really interesting is that she chose to have a uh, a crew of like multiple black diaspora backgrounds um, helping her create this. Like she is the main writer and director, but she had a bunch of people in um, putting their input, helping her write each episode, so that she could cover a wide range of black. Uh, mystical mysticism and um, and religion and just like philosophy and background and heritage in these three women and other characters that kind of pop up throughout that but the main three characters um, so she had a, a, a predominantly black female team working with her no that's amazing because that's not something that you usually hear about very often um, and so far it's only season one because mm. they're trying to raise funds to have a second season yeah, it definitely, when you watch it, you just, you know, watch it for the storyline because, you know, these three, these women who created this for like, had probably a very little budget. I kind of remember when I was searching out the first season or before it actually came out last October 2019, they were still trying to grab funding and to even complete season one. Um, so you can kind of like see the struggle with that but they put out like a really great story I think with a lot of mysteries that I'm would like to find out because as I watched it a few more times kind of picked up on a lot more stuff I did too actually so like I said one of the things that kind of stuck out to me are that she does have some parallels to the original Charmed um, including the fact that one of the characters also mentions the name Piper Halliwell mm. um, curse what in the Piper Hollywell? That was that was pretty funny to me. But one of the things was that the names of the main characters, uh, Aleja, Delgado, 
Ayanna Dick, uh, Dixon. Dixon, and then there's Angelique. I don't didn't catch Angelique's last name. I feel like they said it yet. at one point, but I don't remember. Oh no, DeBlanc, because her her uh, dad's name. They DeBlanc. mentioned. Yeah, when she calls him. Okay. That's he says, it. but maybe she doesn't take his last name. But that's at least. But that might give us something. Mm. So, and isn't that kind of funny? It's still A D A D A D. Mm. I didn't even, even if they yeah yeah because the blanc yeah I didn't even realize it. Exactly. I wonder what the initials with the letters A and D mean or what they could stand for. Because even Ada, who is another character in the story, that's A D A. I mean, you don't find out she doesn't have like a last name, but no. I wonder if there's a link to that. We'll talk about that later. But for me, it was going back to the same thing that you see in both. Um, versions of charmed as well is that the sisters all share a first name that has the exact same first initial right except for in this one they're not technically sisters they're friends they mean like true but they do call each other which is very much something of black culture too uh or like afro cultures that you find is is as this is like a term of endearment and like also just your friends are your sisters that's true, but there's also the fact that they have a shared heritage that I'm sure we'll get more into later. Right. But that's something that Ada, that we're going to pronounce her name two different ways because we each have our own idea how her name is pronounced. They mentioned it at one point, but I don't remember. Neither of us really can be sure right now. Right. So I'm going to call her Ada. Isha's going to call her Ada. I call her both. I just kind of switch back and forth. So I, I am a traditionalist. You know who we're talking about. One. Yes. But Ada basically does kind of tell them that they have a shared heritage because she said that they're all pretty much descendants of her or at least kin to her. Yes. I was like, and we'll get into that when we kind of deep dive into who each of these people are. Um, But it's just, it's nice to see that A, all the lead characters are black women and they kind of cover a different character idea or character concept of like who a black woman could be, can be, wants to be, whatever you want to go with. And uh, I was reading an article that uh, Ferguson wrote, and she was saying that basically in her head it was time she would grow up, and she mentioned all these shows that I watched and movies that I watched growing up, um, black, or excuse me, uh, and I felt akin to what she was saying. It's like, yeah, I see all these people, but, like, where is my own, like, black faces like mine who are on their own magical journey meeting characters um super like she wanted to see a world of like black supernaturals navigating their own mystical storylines is what she said and i was like i felt that deeply i was like me too because when i was kid and had dreams and stuff like that i would always imagine myself but sometimes it would be hard to see myself fully or i would change certain attributes in my head to like match what i've seen and knew not what i was actually who i actually was I would, when I was reading the stories, I would read the parts like it was a play. Mm-hmm. I would read the, the the main characters or the characters that I liked. I would read those parts. And, of course, that was the main character. Mm-hmm. But I could be that particular hero or heroine or whatever the story called for because I was reading their words. And it was me. And that's sometimes the only person that I could see because then you would have the stories where you have a black character, but they are a side character or a su- character mm-hmm. to the main character that is generally white right and it's you know every 
POC child growing up who was a fan of the supernatural or sci-fi or anything like along those lines, we love that stuff. As a as a as a culture, we love fantasy. We love sci-fi. We love those things because it's I don't want to say it's escapism, but it's a way for us, especially like us growing up. Our parents didn't have all the money in the world. We weren't like poor, poor, but like we went to the library a lot and we passed our time there exploring and doing adventures going that way because we couldn't always go to camp or, you know, go to do the movies. Yes, or, or do like all that. these things. So that was a way for us to escape. And, you know, a lot of kids growing up either watching movies or going to the, the, uh, the library if that's all you have because that's all you afford you can't really go out these are your ways to just live some sort of not live some sort of, but uh, i don't want to say escape but I, I keep coming up with the word i escape. don't yeah i don't think it's necessarily much of escaping but just imagination is free mm. and for me that's where so much creativity and inventiveness comes from is imagination and so the better your imagination though the greater the world you can create for yourself mm. And perhaps you can take the world that you create or the things that you imagine and put them into real life. Mm. Just like many um, writers for science fiction, things that they talk about, you know, where, you know, like for Star Trek or whatever, these ideas of things that people created have now become part of our everyday life that didn't exist before. They were just something that somebody thought about in a story. And now here it is because someone may have read that story and was like, wow, that's amazing. I wish that really, that thing really did exist. And if it did exist, how would it work? How could I make it work? And now all of a sudden, you go from a computer being something in a book mm. to something that everyone can have. Right. Or a handheld device that can do all these things mm. from being in a story to being something that we actually have and can do. And then people continue to push the envelope on what it can do further. You hear that? I want teleportation now. Been asking for it for years. Star Trek has ruined me. <laughs> Let's get on this. That would be great. And I also think having food materialize mm. at the push of a button. Do you know how many people the we hunger crisis all over the world could be solved? I mean, if yes, we at would the miss push of a button. We'd miss some, you know, we'd have regular food just because sometimes, man, you miss, as they would say, sure. that you miss the taste of the regular stuff or the real stuff. But yeah, it would save so much. Come on, science. We could. We spend, uh, let's not, let me not get on this tangent. I was yes. about to go. But just like the idea of like in Back to the Future where they had like the little pizza that showed up and it's a tiny thing and you stick it in your oven it's and like it jo it grows. Where I'm is like, that? I'm like, yes. Papa John's, Ooh. Papa John's tried that, but they just gave, well not Papa John's. Who was that one where you could get the delivery and it wasn't cooked yet? And uh, Papa you, Murphy's. Yeah, Papa Murphy's. And it was a giant ass pizza. Like I just need that in small form and then expand. Yes, I think that would be great. Uh, what's funny is, or also what one of the things that drew me to this story was one of the taglines she gave. And it's basically, you have these three black women, their adulting comes with para paranormal twist of hookups with vampires, pissing off Salem descendants, and making sure the rent's paid as they step over to the dark side. And I'm just like, man, if we don't all know the hustle of having to like, trying to make sure your rent's paid and your bills are paid and you got food on your table but you're still trying to like go live your life as a young black woman in my 20s man i was hustling but also trying to party and it is rough and exhausting and can you imagine adding on a superpower of some sort or having some destiny that you gotta also take care of on the side but then you also have your 
relationships with other uh, magical beings, vampires, werewolves. And I know. Like. Ooh, could you imagine how that would cha- that would change the dynamic of the relationship a little bit? Mm. I don't even know what I would do because I feel like sometimes maybe I would nap less or sleep less because I'd be up all night chasing demons and vampires. Like how they seem so pretty and well rested. And I'm just like, I can barely make it through a day of working from home. Well, that's because <laughs> they're just in the beginning of the journey. They haven't actually started well, in. I was thinking of Charm, too. Like, you know, they always seem very rested, even though they for were the world getting night. ready to end at any point. Right. But then they also had jobs that they were never at. I mean, at least in this one, they're always going to work. She says, uh, was it Alethea's character or Allie? She says it several times. She's like, I got to go to work. I don't know about the rest of this and all of this, but I still have to go to work in the morning. You know, she does. And then that also is an interesting dynamic because not only are these three women making it work in New York, Mm. because that's no, that's no cheap living. No. Um, But the fact that they are independent in what they're doing. So even though Allie works for a company, you have, Yaya that uh, owns her own business. I was wondering if she owns it or she's just like the manager of it. Well, from I don't know. They don't really go into that yeah, one. I'm thinking I she probably might own it, be, even though there was a text message from one of her coworkers that called her like, hey boss lady. But you're right. But it could be the fact that she's a manager. Right. But I still think she might kind of own it. They don't go into it because then that's like, well then she might also because later they talk about her father and we'll go into that a little bit later but he might make enough not that she got funded by it but like she didn't have to worry about like coming from so many bills to like create her own business because that's also a thing people grow up and they don't have that much student debt and so they can start their own business and not saying that people who have debt can't start their own business yeah i mean if you can find something collateral and someone in the back you you can probably you can start a business and i don't know how but i think she might actually own the business i guess moon Ferguson will have to let us know. Right. And that's probably would be something that would be fleshed out in later, later. seasons. Yeah. Um, but she you also have Gigi, who is this, like, internet she kind of uh, ce- celebrity. She's a, what do you call them, influencer, social influencer. So there you go. But um, she, she's making some type of money mm-hmm. doing that as well. Which is, this is why it's interesting, because, like, she, d- for, as she, was it seven episodes in season one, Moon Ferguson does a really good job of giving you an idea of each character and who they are and their personalities, but also covering a pretty wide range of backgrounds and types of black women that exist out there. So I, with that being said, you know, you have like the three main characters, which is Ali, Yaya and uh, Gigi. Gigi. And then you have Ada Ada. So, and each one of them is separately unique and different, but like they're all connected. So you, so the first episode is what starts out with Allie's birthday. So you have three friends; they're in their late twenties. Um, Yaya, or excuse me, Allie's the youngest. This is her birthday party, and they're kind of all in this like, I as I remember clearly because I just left that area a little while ago. Was the the area from the twenties to the thirties where you're like you sh- think you should have your life together, but you really might not ha- be where you wanted to be, or where you imagined you yourself, should be, or yeah. where society told you you should be. And you're about to hit your thirties, and you're just like subtle freaking out, or <laughs> like having these WTF moments all the time. <laughs> and honestly, yeah, I mean, because also when you think about it as a woman and 
your late 20s, I think it's what, 25 to 27, 28 is when your eggs are like most fertile, but also you're on your way, like you're hitting your peak. And after that point, having children, you have, you start your eggs, your amount of eggs are basically going down and their vitality is going down and you, it's harder to have children, not that you can't, but you have that pressure. And not only is it just the f- external pressure, but internally your body's like, hey, that biological have clock a baby. Is like ticking. Like, y'all, it was real. There were points where I was like, imagine you have a baby. And I was like, what is wrong with me? I cannot even take care of, I could take care of myself, but like having the addition of an extra child would put me in. Well, see, and then for me, that also led to that stereotypical idea of the black woman being on welfare with mm-hmm. all these kids mm-hmm. by different dads, even though that is not the case. I mean, in rare occasions, that might be the case, but that's not the the rule, right. I should say. But yet, here's this societal thing where, you know, that's what people say. Like, even in college, I had uh, a manager of the building where I lived, um, she was like, yeah, if you ever decide to do something stupid and you end up getting pregnant, I, like, I'll totally take your baby because what I, you fuck? know, blank, black babies <laughs> are so cute. And I'm thinking, I'm sorry, first what? of all, even if I were to do something, what in the world would make you think I would be dumb enough to hand my child over to you? To just a you woman who says black babies are cute. They, they turn into adults too. Are you going to still yes. think they're cute then? Are you going to like? And I was like. Mm. There's it, so many things wrong with that. Yes, there are a lot of things that are wrong with that. But just the idea of, you know, and I remember friends of mine when we when I was in high school, they were like, you know, went dr- uh, shopping for prom dresses. And in the United States, prom is something that juniors and seniors in high school, it's a big dance that they have. Um, so, you know, some of the girls were upset because they went dress shopping in one place. And, of course like me they were african-american and one of the women at the store that they went to was like oh that's so great that you're going to prom who's gonna watch your baby what like <laughs> she was like wait i don't she said have to a baby to, to one of y'all or to all she y'all? said to one of the girls that was a friend of mine and we were like what is i was like what made her think you had a baby? Yeah, I'm sorry. Just because you decided you're going to prom and you're buying a dress with your friends. That means you're having a and baby. And you're black. That means that you have also, a baby Why did she pick out just the, like, also, what even in within the stereotype of that stereotype made her single out that one friend? Like, that's it's surprising. I have no idea. But, mm-hmm. like, that is some of the reality mm-hmm. that we have to live with. So it's refreshing to see uh juju even though it it might be kind of rough watching just because of i think it really is the budget definitely don't watch it on youtube i'll we'll post the link for their webpage because right slightly better Um, quality but still even then you're still getting away from the stereotypical idea of a black woman where she's on welfare and she's got a bunch of children mm-hmm. from different fathers. That's not what you see here. Ne- none of them have any kids, which I was definitely connected with. They all have a job, gainfully employed of some sort. Yes. You know, and even though they're hustling, they're not struggling. And they are responsible. Yes. Some people, when they see Gigi, they might not think so, but Gigi does. She is responsible. responsible. I'm sure, you know, honestly. I definitely feel like she's responsible. She might party too hard, and we find that out later. 
but honestly in the overall effect of everything else she is is very controlling of everything and everything she does except for drinking but and even then she's responsible yeah because she she reach out to to somebody she knows to come and get her when she's had too too much much to drink which is which is something you know they tell you women that we have to do because to protect ourselves so she's smart they're all taking care of themselves in in some way or form which i felt very akin to because a lot of times we talked about this before in movies how they represent black people it's either a period piece or a slavery piece or something like that and i think i remember telling you i went to a play with my friend and it was called uh actually i don't want to put anyone on blast it was basically basically about voodoo and we were really excited to go because they had an all-black cast, and it was we were like, oh, modern love, trying to struggle, figure out your life. Because and we go to see that because my friends, she's very interested in mysticism, Wicca, and I've been trying to like explore more of this path of un- path of understanding like African mysticism and religion. Um, but it's not to diverge to diverge off the path too much. We went to this f- excited. I was like, yes modern black love with mysticism and magic mixed in this is this is my jam i get there it's a period piece about the stereotypical black woman who is using voodoo to win back the love of a no good you know so and so who's out there shuffling and hustling and in everyone else's sheets with a lighter skinned woman and i was like oh my god this is the only way you see us with even with magic is slavery or like sad love and like and the magic is dark or some type of evil sinister force or backfires and like because you were stupid and ignorant and controlled by your basically your vagina and your heart whatever you want to call it your your feminine emotions right and so that was so disappointing and then with juju I mean, I don't think I had any reservations because I read up a lot about it beforehand because I didn't want to be burned again. But coming into this, you get to explore the ideas of like voodoo, Haitian, uh, Santeria, all these. Uh, I'm I'm not mentioning all of them. Even like Obea, I never heard of. Yaya is supposed to be descended from an Obea wo- uh, mountain woman. I've never heard. And of Neither that. had I, and I wanted to like that's a notation for me that I wanted to look up. But you get to experience and learn these different existences that have been out there for hundreds of years that we've never been privy to because we've only been shown white European magic. I would also like to see where they find this information because I try to search the all-powerful Google Mm. for information on Juju, Mm. and the thing I keep coming up with is the same type of stereotypical thing that you were talking about, where it's something that's evil and sinister, and I'm thinking it doesn't all have roots in that because there are times where you see certain times in movies Mm -hmm. where they kind of talk about it not being like a malevolent malevolent force, and that a lot of times it can be paired off with like Christianity Mm -hmm. and so it bounces back and forth or it somehow there's a hybrid of the two right but yet anytime you try to look up information on it all you come back to finding is that it's something evil and satanic and Um, it makes it difficult to find credible information I would agree with that and I would love to go back to the library and look up this information 
but even going to the library, you're most likely not going to find too Actually, many books on Actually, she GTA. said, this is, and this goes to what researching her website, she said she went to libraries to research, um, but she also had the, like I said earlier, she had the inclusion of all these different backgrounds of women who practice, uh, people who practice this, who um, live this in their everyday life. Maybe not the, the werewolves and the actual, like... No, but I think it's also probably easier to find such people in new york no i wouldn't even say that i think she just i think it it depends on the circles and things you run with and who you meet and who you have access to she just happens to be in a space where she has access to these kind of people you can find that in a lot of different like even here in chicago there are different groups i'm just starting to find them and learn about them but what to the point i was trying to get to was that a lot of this is more of who you know and and meeting because there's so much i don't want to say secret to it but the fact that that there's such a negative uh uh popular culture stigma against Mm -hmm. this that they've had to keep this you know to themselves and when you even think back to the time of when it was brought over during slavery they couldn't do this in front of the slave masters they had to hide it within um with catholicism and anglicanism and that's what i learned a lot when i was studying for stuff like about brazil and condoble is the same thing you did that you had to hide it because they didn't understand it and they would uh, beat you or punish you for keeping any kind of connection to your African heritage and so they they um, what's the word I'm looking for they fused it together with these white um, Anglo religions to hide it but still practice it and they found a lot of um, parallels which is why when I was in college I always loved studying mysticism religion and philosophy because across the border there are parallels between deities and ideas of spirits and things like that across the board so it was easy for them to meld them together and hide it and i think we just it's going on google is harder because the first thing you're going to come up with or come across is the stereotypical um imagery of it being evil and things like that but doing deep dives and knowing like honestly a lot of the stuff that i've been learning about is people i've been talking to who are in the community and I happen to just say that I'm interested in it, and they reference me to books and authors and things like that. And that's been helping when I do go on Google, find out more. And one of the things I w- before, because I'll probably forget later, is I'm going to post a few things that are links to not only Juju, but like other things that I found really interesting talking about black witches portrayed in media over I the last... I think you sent me that link. That yeah, was there's a few things that I found. But like, it's out there. It's just not, I don't think it's easy to find on Google because you have to get sift through all the initial shit to get to, like, the true stuff. And even then, word of mouth, honestly, or people you know and meet that who know this stuff and have grown up or lived in it or experienced it, talking with you and sharing with you is how to find out about it. Sorry, I went on a tirade. But, like, I think that's really interesting to your point because I struggled with that, too. For years, I've been really interested in stuff for, like, since I was in college and started to, like, mix more with black culture little by little. Because growing up, we were, our high school was mostly white or Jewish and Jewish. Um, Um, It was. And I remember us having a conversation about um, what, how would we have been different if we had grown up in a more predominantly black area like Mm -hmm. Harlem or Brooklyn or even Atlanta, like how would that have shaped who we are today? Um, would we be 
more closely tied to our African mm-hmm. roots. Even if we just grew up in Chicago, Chicago instead of moving to the suburbs as a kid. Um, yes, because I do have memories of us being in the city up until like about four or five. Mm. And then our parents chose to move us to the suburbs because the educational opportunities were better. Mm. Um, But then that did take us away from a lot of our family, a lot of the friends that we had. And then we went from being around people who looked like us to being the only people that looked like us. Yeah, every few – like, it wasn't – there were only uh, the the Ellis's and then the dudes dudes on our street. Yeah. Yeah, and then that was – that, that was it, it for until yeah. we met the colors later. There was like, but they were way down. And yeah, and then you also had um, Carmen. Oh and, yeah, and they were a lat a Latino fa- a Latinx family. But yeah, but you had so in our in our entire neighborhood, you're talking about like four families that we knew. The mm-hmm. rest of them were pretty much all white. Mm-hmm. And then as we got older, the demographics started to change a little bit. Yeah. And then we moved again. We moved again, back again to pretty much a predominantly white neighborhood. Because mm-hmm. then we were the only family, yeah, I don't of <laughs> color, like for a while. And if yeah. you saw another person of color, you were like, "Hey!" hey. It was like, "What are you doing over Did here? You Where do you live? <laughs> I live twenty blocks away." Oh, okay. I yeah, <laughs> but that was that was the reality. And then here we go, moving back to Chicago, where we're originally from. And now I'm like. I don't really know how to interact with other people of color mm. for the most part. It has been difficult, y'all. I can't, because then also, not that I don't want to, I just don't know how. We also then lived in a, predom- a homogenized country for two to five years, yes. depending on, so like even yeah. that, we were gone, and the people that I knew who were black were like this random mix of like, Black people from Africa, and then black people from America. I mean, yes. you, I don't. I guess you don't call black people African. Black blacks are just Americans. We right? found people of color from all the all, countries, but they were like the, the misfit, random, not misfits, but randoms from different parts of the world. So we got to interact, right? But but we were still, still different. Mm-hmm. There are still differences. And then for me, I didn't even get a chance to interact all that all that often because I'd have mm. to travel all the way up to Seoul from mm-hmm. where I live. Um, and I couldn't do that all the time because it was like a good four-hour trip or so. Should have lived in the populace. They took most of took most of the day to go there and come back. So I'd go maybe once a month or once every other month Mm. because I need to go shopping. Yeah. So it didn't give me many people to hang out with that were like myself. So I was even more removed because the people that I hung out with were for the most part white. And or Korean, which is since yeah. that's where we were. <laughs> yeah, I looked out. I ended up in like even though they're remote places. But before we digress too much, but again, that goes to the fact that we, for most of our life, have been very removed and had the the awkwardness of trying to interact with other Black people and having to explore what it is to be Black or be ourselves is too white. Yes, I've been told I've been a was it a banana Oreo, and I've been told I'm an Oreo. I've been told that I talk like a white girl, which I'm not exactly sure how they talk aside from oh the valley, that valley <laughs> idea, but I don't talk, I don't talk that like way. That. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that kind of turned me off to wanting to talk to some other people mm. because I, it's hard. It is difficult, but that does not mean that 
we don't care about that part of our heritage or that do. we don't it doesn't yeah exactly honestly sorry i was about to jump on another thing and then i realized what you were gonna say at the all end right back. let's roll back to roll juju. it back see so, what juju brings up so bringing it back to chicago yes being here we have more interaction and being in, in our neighborhood, it's predominantly black. And like talking to our neighbor, we've been learning about, yes, we made it after we all. We made it after all. But like, again, it's been a struggle moving back and like trying to get into the unique different cultures of black of blackness. Because it's not just one kind of thing. There's so much is which, which is represented because Allie is described or Aleha, which I love her name. And I'm I like, too. I, I meant love, to look it up. I love all their names. Oh, yeah. She's um, her episode is called Controlla, which I liked because and not every episode is named after music, but she's described kind of as like an anxiety, anxiously riddled, per, like millennial. Um, and she's constantly looking at how she's compared to others. And she, there's a point where her coworker basically tells her, why are you always putting yourself down before you even give yourself a chance? Like you're just cutting yourself out of the race. Um, right. Because there's a position that's open at work that she would be great for <laughs> for the right and we'll let you watch the yeah. series so you can find out how that position came open however she would be great for that position and it's something that she's been wanting but as soon as a co-worker of hers is like you should go for mm. it she's like no i can't i can't do it that she's got excuses for not right. doing it i have so much going on da, 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 and da. i think so, that's something that anybody no matter what your color is can can identify with something comes open and if you're a woman you're like you think of all the reasons why you can't do it and none of the reasons why you can you should apply even in though in the back of your mind you know you should go for this and then you know you're good for this position like i remember being in a job and one of my white co-workers who's who had just started was like i'm going to go ask for a raise and i'm thinking in my head i've been working here for how long i've been working hard i put all the stuff together and yet it hadn't even crossed my mind to ask for a raise. Like I, it had, but I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it's too soon. I all mean, maybe I should. Start creeping all in. the doubts. And then I'm sitting in my head like, not that this person is a mediocre white person. They just were new. And I'm like, why does he feel that he's entitled to this and not me? What is it about myself that – and I started deep diving into watching different things about how black women experience or just women in general, but also black women – or women of color experience trying to move up in the world in positions of power and like trying to ask for raises and things that they deserve and need but like are i don't even want to use the word too afraid to ask but like something has mentally been put on them to block them from asking since the day they were born well i also think for me if i have see an employee that comes in and they do work that's above and beyond, then that's the time for me as an, the employer to say, hey, let's discuss a raise or something like that. Whereas you don't, you shouldn't have to come to me and be like, hey, I want to raise or try to find time to figure out how to broach the subject. And I've seen videos about that, about how women can bring that up yeah. so that they can get the raise that they are looking for. But the fact that we have to go through this whole dance Yes, to like even get to that point. point. Yeah, but that was something else. And then a friend of mine, her brother owns a company. Um, and I think it's located in Puerto Rico. But he was talking, she was talking to her brother about that, about, you know, 
women and getting raises and things like that. And he was like, I don't have a problem with giving women in my company raises, but they never come and ask yep. me about it. Only the men do. And I was thinking, why should they come to you and ask you if you see that they're doing good work? Why don't you make the effort to be like, let's have a conversation about you growing in the company and what it is that you're looking for. So then they have the opportunity to broach the subject of how about a raise or even the opportunity to stop and think about what kind of raise that they're looking for so they could at least prepare themselves to have that conversation. I honestly think that's a very rare position to take in a managerial or boss position because it's not, it's not like, I don't want to say taught, but it's not uh, like a written in law that that's the way you should go to like support your. That's to, true. To, you I know, just it's more think of like it's just the right thing to do. Oh no, and I'm that's not saying. I know, I know that's not how people act yeah. overall. But I, for me, I think that's just the right thing to do. It's not that it isn't the right thing to. Do. You know, I get that point. It's just that, like, as a business, that's not something that's part of the the scheme of how you look at your employees that's written in it should be it should be automatically because like you said it's the right thing to do but when you think of how like even when you're watching madam cj walker story and she's she's quoting rockefeller hang on a second for those of you who don't know who madam cj walker is she was (laughs) the first millionaire 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 entrepreneur i think in the world uh in the united United States. states in the united states but she was she, uh, she was African American, mm-hmm. and she created pretty much the first African American hair care products to be as a as a major business as because major she business. wasn't the first. No, but she took it to a whole nother level and was able to employ thousands of Black women as well as create salons and hair schools. And who I was re- mentioning was Rockefeller. She mentions a few other. Um, millionaires of the time period which were mostly white men mm-hmm. um and her their approach to like businesses and how you would treat your employees was like your employees are there to work for you you're not there to work for them well, if they basically want, like their children yeah and that's children, how they told her children to, don't know what they need and if they can't be on board with what you want to do then fire them right and so that's the thing it's like employers employees even when I learned the hard lesson that HR is not there for you, it's there for the company. It's the thing is that it's not in the mindset to like hash your employee, say like, Hey, I noticed you're doing a good job. It's more like, Oh, I see you doing a good job. Here's some more work. Not here's benefits or like congratulate, like something to say, Hey, thank you for working hard. You deserve this. I see your work. It's more like, I see your work, do more work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that needs to be a change on the grander scale of how, Bis- employers go meet or uh, they operate operate with their co- their clients or uh, employees, and you see this from time to time. Some businesses are starting to do this in some way or form, or you have managers who are like kind of there, like trying to build this kind of thing. But it's cool. not; it's few and far between. But it has to be a, the com- part of the company right. overall. And right. as yet again, we've jumped off. No, from I the mean, topic this a goes little bit. with what Allie's going through, though. She's in a job where she's she's thinking she should have been a senior producer at this point for this news team or whatever, and she just automatically in her head thinks that this mediocre white man's going to another... They already have a mediocre white man lined up to take the position as opposed to her 
seeing and even her boss brushes her off at one point when she's like oh yeah i'd love to take over the load the that position. this person left over yeah, and, and he was, was like, like no until we fill it yeah he even looked at her kind of laughed like you know that that patronizing laugh that sometimes people yes, can have indeed. yeah he looks at her like that so he acknowledged kind of scoffed yeah and so it was just like well what's so funny you're trusting her to do the work now right why not just put her in a position and it's like you acknowledge that she she's she good at her job but she should not be actually in a position that you want her to do the work for in the interim Ooh, this links me to something later with uh Gigi's character and the hotep but we'll get to that right um but also she's anxious like Allie is like constantly like thinking about her job but also like not there pushing for a better position she's Lord, not confident I know in herself is. yeah because yeah. i feel like that was me at my last job like always anxious stressed mm-hmm. out about it always working because even for her own birthday they're like you're an hour late did you even tell them today was your birthday did they give you a cake did they not know hint hint on my birthday i use it as like a holiday so i don't work on my birthday i did it once and i was like i'm never i doing used to work again. on my birthday all the time Forget and that Last year was the first time. No, I worked on my birthday last year, but I took off the rest of the days after. I took off an entire week yeah. that I was born. <laughs> yeah. I was like, my birthday was I, on a weekend, and I was like, I'm not going to work. So I the whole week that. was like, the whole know. week was a vacation. I've always been on the hustling, hustling part. So, like, I. No. And I, I never had a job that really could afford me that until. Uh, I, I had to work up for all that. But, like I said, after that one year that I did work on my birthday, I was like, this freaking. Mm sucks mm-hmm. and i decided that i was not doing that again and then when you do go in at least if it's like you have a company who like is like oh hey we know you're here on your birthday we know this sucks here's some like something for you i mean it's not much but that's it's like oh you acknowledge my existence which didn't even happen to Allie. um and the thing is you also find out that she comes she's cuban um, Afro-Cuban, you find out that she comes from, her grandmother practiced Santeria, and so she comes from this, f- like, powerful line, I'm assuming, because uh, this the whole series She general. does, because Ada does mention that yeah. they're powerful. Of practitioners, and she has these brilliant, strong black women, because to be a, a practitioner, you have to be, like, most of them are confident, stuff, and then you have, she's lost her roots to that, she doesn't really practice it, and she's lacks confidence in herself, and her abilities and there's a thing that Ada says to her later where it's like um you cannot like say if when you say you can't you're telling your spirit you're not capable of doing something your words are powerful and I was just like minus all the magic shit that she can do yeah like the minute you tell yourself something that we we hear whether you have magical powers Mm -hmm. or not that words are power and you people talk about that speaking what it is that you want into existence um and i think that goes into what ada's saying is like you're speaking what it is especially when Allie's like i don't believe in all this stuff and it's like well if you don't believe it's because you're you you're not letting yourself right if it's not working when they try to do what uh, they try to find do some practice some spell and she's like, it didn't work. It, every, it worked for everyone else because they believed to an extent. To right. Like, they were open to it. Um, but Allie's character, like, you can tell she's, like, when she finds herself, she's going to have a lot of power and, like. Yeah, I can really identify with Allie's character. And that was kind of important for me. Mm. Like, in the new Charmed, the 
oldest sister was the one that I could identify with. Mm. Um, I felt like I identified with the middle sister more, maybe. Yeah, I could see that, though. For but you, I could definitely see that. Yeah. But for me, I could identify with the what was the older name? sister who was mm-hmm. trying to find her place. Um, and she had been estranged from the family. Mm. It, through no fault of her own, She there were reasons for that. Um, yeah, if y'all haven't watched The New Charm, that's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. And it's it's pretty good. I think they tried to cram a lot of things yeah, in there. Oh. They tried to be like... There was so much because woke. They, I think they were like, oh... You know, Charm Fully had woke. how many? How many seasons did the the original Charm have? Like five or it six? It had or whatever? A, quite a few seasons. So they were trying to like they're like we may not get another season, or two or three more out of this. So let's just try to get as much as we can in here, touch all the topics. Right. But I could. So at least in these two, in Juju and in Charm, there's someone that I can identify with. Mm. Not a hundred percent, of course, but at least a good like eighty to ninety percent. I can identify with these particular women and the things that they're going through. I definitely, and that's why I kind of like how they went about with these characters because even if you maybe not 100% with one character, you find a bit of yourself in each character. Um, So, like, Allie is the youngest, and we were talking about this earlier, kind of like how we would see them as age because when we first watched it, we thought Allie was maybe the oldest. Yes. Um, But then, so she's the youngest. She completes the circle. Her birthday kind of sets off this chain of reaction. Which is something that I wanted to understand because it doesn't tell you in the story how come Allie's birthday is the catalyst for everything to happen. Right. But I, had to, I had to go online and research, um, and I think it's helpful to maybe read their website, jujuwebseries.com, because – it gave a little backstory for where, because I understand they probably were like working on a budget and couldn't get everything in and tell everything, but basically there's some sort of spell on the three of them or on their their lineage of practitioners, and her birthday kind of breaks this spell, and that's when who someone we call the White Witch, who we'll talk about a little bit later. I call her the White Witch. Cause I call her the woman in black. Well, but you should call her the White Witch. I call her the White Witch because, I mean, she's the only lead white character in this story, and she's a witch. And so, she to me, she represents uh, Western European, like, Wicca, like that whole. Okay. So that's why I call her the White Witch because most of the time when we watch, was it, um, uh, what is that show? American Horror Story and um, what's another? Bewitched and, like, other things. It's the mostly their, even the craft. So they have yes. the one well, black witch and, but she's not a she's a, a side yeah, support character. It's mostly white witches, so yes. that's why I was like white witch. And I don't mean it as a slur. I'm just saying that's basically the char- character type, and I think that's what they're addressing. So I will remain calling her, even though you find out her name is Chelsea, which of course Chelsea. I was like, I see y'all out there. <laughs> um, they could have named her Karen. For and all I was, <laughs> for all the Chelseas out there. Well. <laughs> Also, because, I mean, Chelsea is a name I heard mostly from people in New York, so that just made me laugh. And then also there's the Chelsea area in New York. But if they called her Karen, I would have been dead, honestly. <laughs> no, no, no Karens. I'm, Karen's <laughs> name now is Taboo. Uh, Sorry, Karen. Karens out there. There's I know few, some Karens. I know Sorry. some Karens, good and bad, and, you know. I mo- know mostly good Karens, but... <sighs> We once again have digressed to the Karens. Well, (laughs) this is so you've got Allie. She's like the young, not sure of her place, not sure of her confidence, has lost connection to her fam or her background. And I think part of that stems from the loss of her grandmother as well, which was like a year before this all happens. I wonder if it happened on her birthday because they or around her birthday because they say that would be a good question. 
Um, that might also attribute to a lot of things. But anyway, the next character, they kind of introduce them in the first the next three episodes after the first episode. Yes. So Allie's the first one they talk about. Yes. The next one is Yaya or Ayana Dixon. And I love Ayana's name. But Yaya is very, uh, we were going back and forth and we thought that she probably evoked the most as the middle child Mm. um, because she's very caring. So she's trying to bridge the gap between Gigi as well as Allie and she's like we need to go and talk with Allie because we really hurt her she's she's so kind and considerate like you see her and she goes and she's helping people who like the homeless woman she like has like a little care package that she gives her mm. um I think of her as because she's also outside of even before she finds out the witch she's an empath and a healer she actually finds out her she realizes her powers first right but this is before even all of this before right. that because she, she has like she her says, mother taught her so many things and she like she's already for her friends because there's a point there's a character kim who comes in and there's like she's been providing them with like i don't say cures i don't know what the best way to call it because i'm not familiar but she has these things set up for them to heal and help heal her and she believes in mother earth and the healing powers of the of nature she owns a plant or owns or manages a plant store a nursery a nursery she's very connected to all this stuff and i thought of her when i was writing down notes was like she's the backbone she's um the the stronger friend that everyone relies on um but doesn't and the part that's hard with being that friend is that everyone's there to tell you their problems but no one's there to listen to when you need someone and you feel in a way like you're it being inconsiderate or like um infiltrating on someone else's life when you want to share what's going on with you because she's struggling with this too but everyone's kind of wrapped up in her in their their own thing thing. and even ada ada comes to her and is like you need to bring them together blah blah blah. i don't doesn't even acknowledge the fact that like yaya had had a bad day and had all this stuff she's like it's your responsibility first of all she's like you need to be more respectful and i was like she just called you ma'am yeah, I mean, she did it sarcastically. She did, but she, but still, she was like, she still acknowledged her. Whereas, like, yeah. there was another child that there was there, and, and he was happy to see her, and he was like, "Hi, yeah, yeah," and, and she, she didn't say her, anything. She sucked she her was, teeth. Yeah, because she was just, so she was just okay. over it. Mm. But then she's like, "You need to do this." So maybe she's actually the oldest. She maybe, might be. Maybe that's why she went to her and was like, "I need you to get these other two on board." That's um, because I just feel for. But, yeah, Cause it was tough for her. Yeah, because she's this person that everyone depends on, but she's also invisible when it comes to her own needs. Like, when she tries to talk to her coworker, and he's over there thinking about the 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 gorgeous girl who also works there that he's interested in, not even – he asks her what's wrong, but is not even really paying attention when she's trying – when she actually decides to open up Considering he was the one who was like – talk to me right i'm not gonna she work wasn't gonna to say me. anything and then when she does say something the first thing he's doing is not listening mm-hmm. and she just has to keep it together and be like the nice pretty smile on her face and like be okay and helping everyone else but not and i felt like uh i felt for yaya on so many levels she i feel the closest connection to her um but on the same thing she there's a point where she is I think texting Allie to be like, hey, I'm sorry we, like, teamed up on you. Yes. Can we talk about this stuff? And 
basically both of them kind of brush her off both Gigi and Ali brush her off and then immediately after this couple walks by and basically just I'm like y'all that was just rude because they run right into her and she's like am I invisible like not even a word of apology or anything like that mm -hmm. but for me her powers awaken first from Mm -hmm. what I remember of the series and she's trying to like manage them so she's kind of like meditating which is something that her mother one of the things that her mother taught her um i i was gonna say Allie's also um, at the same time because yaya mentions it later she says when i threw the shoe i didn't want to throw the shoe you told me to throw the shoe and it was like i didn't have any control i think she we that's the first one we recognize as the the audience watching in because it's the most that's what you hear but she was i think all their powers manifested at the same time. They probably all kind of got started, but hers comes in first because she can hear what people are thinking. And it's probably the easiest to acknowledge, though, because she, she it probably is. But I also found it very interesting because unlike the charm series, both mm-hmm. of them, for the most part, the sisters cannot use their powers against each other. Mm. They don't work against the others. However, ev- Yaya can hear everybody's thoughts and then when Allie tells her throw the shoe like the shoe was gonna stop Ada from like (laughs) doing whatever um it is the fact that she does exactly what Allie says as though Allie has now overridden her thoughts and I find Mm -hmm. that to be a very unique difference from the charm series verse to Juju is the fact that they can use their powers on each other. Mm. So that means that they have to be even more careful. Right. And I don't know if it's because of the distance of their relation to each other or versus in Charmed because they're immediate sisters Mm. um, versus uh, in Juju where they have this distant relation that is alluded to. I mean, it could be a lot of things. It could be just that it could be for with this particular this particular kind of mysticism and magic which they even in the show they're like uh, hesitant to use the word magic but for lack of better word um they it just might be different it might not be the same thing to to reference it to it may have nothing to do it just might be like i have this magic because it doesn't always work and maybe it was because that she was like stressed and weak and like they were hung over from the night before so she didn't have complete control because later there's times where yaya can't hear some people due to the fact of like the white witch having control over them but so i it's but curious. it does alert her that something is wrong right she's been able to hear everyone's without people stopping. before and some mm-hmm. and for one of the people she's heard them already once before but then the next time she can't hear what they're thinking mm. but she doesn't really she doesn't really know but she uh, doesn't really know why but mm. she's like something is not right i definitely yaya oh one thing that caught my attention too with yaya um was when they first meet Ada or Ada um and she recognizes the crystal and there were two things about it she knew what it was and like but was also respectful not to like reach out and grab and touch which another person in the story immediately after is like oh that's so pretty let me put my hands on it which for me I was thinking about like hair oh yes because like there's a point where she was respectful. Yaya was respectful and was like, I recognize your beauty. I recognize this power. I recognize this thing that you have. 
and respect you for it or respect that on you, but I'm not going to just touch it. Right. I'm just going to compliment or recognize and, and let it go, not let it go, but move on. Whereas some people are like, ooh, that's so pretty. I need to touch it and be about it and ask you all these questions and be disrespectful of your space and your 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 the culture, r- your culture, you know? Right. Um, also with that, because I know who you're talking about, because it, it is Kim. She uh, was drunk. But she was drunk. And I don't know if Kim would have acted the same way had she been sober, but maybe she would have. Who knows? Um, but I do remember what Ada told her. And I might not have written it all down exactly the way mm. she said it, but I think I got most of it, which was Ada told Kim, only those of blood grace their hands with the juju of the ancestors. And she repeats that again later when uh, she gives Gigi her stone because she's like, oh, I don't have mine. She says it again, like, you can use this one. Yeah, and that was something that I thought stuck out, that stuck out because Ada allows the other three to use her stone. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because they are of the blood versus Kim who went to go and reach and then Ada knocks her hand away and was like, no, you can't touch this. Right. Because you're not of the blood. Like, you're not of... And my, even if you were of culture. the blood, you have to show some, some sort of reverence respect. and respect because even Gigi didn't just reach out and take it. No, she offered it to and her. And she was hesitant to take it and she was acknowledging that this was a power this was something that was special to this to Ada. Let me take it with care. You know what I mean? Let me be careful with mm. it. But yes, but Ada also offered it to them. Yes. Like you can use this, but after you use it this one time, you, you need to get, get your, your own. own. And she reminded her, she's like, you need to make that phone call. Um, but I think Aya s- or Yaya still needs, it'd be interesting to see more about her because she's she's this person who is telling the rest of her, both Ali, Ali and, um, Gigi. and Gigi that they deserve love and they should, you know, they deserve the love that they put out there. And she's also about, like, connections, and s- like, spiritual connections and being with people and wanting love and attention and being like, I'm not doing these good things for attention, but I would like to be seen. And when I need help to be, to be have people there for me always, because there's a point where there's two things I want to reference here. There's a point where Ada was like, "You need to be a friend to Allie," and she's like, "I've always been that." And it's kind of like the sub me reading between the lines was like, "I've always been that." No one's been a fucking friend to me. She was like, "Yeah," because I was mm. thinking, I was like, "But where's her friend in right. all this?" And also when. Ada was like, you can get the other two. And she does. Yaya can get Mm. the other two on board because she says, whatever, I will get them there. But after that, it's on you Mm. what's going to happen next. But then when she does, when Ada does tell her that, like, you need to be a friend to Allie because she's having a hard time. And one of the things that Yaya says is like, pretty, I think, what is it? Lucky for her. Yeah. Lucky for her, I've always been a friend. But you know, but I don't think she said I've always been a friend. She's always been that. That was when but she said you need to be a friend. She's like, lucky for her, I've always been a friend. She does say something else after. Well, I didn't hear about all the rest of that. Yeah. I just heard the well, lucky for her, and then she just kind of walked away. Yeah, that's so. You have her, and then she's also she is looking for love in these spiritual connections, and when she thinks she has it with this person it ends up that this person's interested in someone else so she's also like being almost spurned on so many different levels like none of her needs are being fulfilled but she's wishing that for her sisters their needs are being fulfilled and that they're being taken and like get the things that they deserve but it's also like okay girl 
you're taking care of everyone else, but you also need to take care of yourself, you know, and you and need the to, things that she deserves. And you need to speak out and have a voice because going back to what uh, Ada said to to uh, Ali, your words have power. You need to have a voice too. You need to be heard. You need to be seen. You need to feel that like when you need help, someone will go and be there for you without you having to like search it out or like scream like help me you know right and i think that also leads to Gigi mm-hmm. as well because Gigi probably needs to have fewer power in her words mm-hmm. uh <laughs> she definitely is but, but th- one of the ways they describe her is that she's this woman who has no problem holding her tongue when it comes to taking down the patriarchy Oh, that's for sure. She d- has no problem at all. And there are things about Gigi. Like, Gigi is my nerd from another mother because I love her references to, mm. like, comics and things like that. And in, on one of her T-shirts, she's wearing, like, a little Stewie. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah. she is my nerd from another mother. And at the same time, I'm like, I wish I could say the things that Gigi says because... Maybe not as harsh, but I would love to yes, have that. I would love to be able to just say exactly what I'm thinking about you but I know that I cannot and so a lot of times I have to swallow my words mm. or what it is that I want to say kind of like Yaya and Allie and what's fun so I thought that this was funny and I wanted to make sure I made a point of this was that um, Moon Ferguson references that when she was thinking of the character of Gigi she was thinking of Beyonce Rihanna and Cardi B wow and and when it, she when I read that I was like Okay, okay, okay. Because, like, you know, all three of these women in different versions of themselves, and there's other ones out there um, as well, are, like, creating these powerful female roles and, A, owning their sexuality for themselves. Like, yeah, I could cover myself up, but I don't want to. I'm out here doing my thing. But also taking down ideas of what it means to be a woman and how, like, was it when Beyonce did Lemonade, like, how women respond to being cheated on right and like you just like sit there and you take it no and then she was like she threw all, all the shade like i was like i know he done got slapped in the face several times like so <laughs> and you have rihanna who is also very strong and powerful in her sexuality being her own businesswoman, creating her own line of makeup for black women line for of women w- of color for, yeah for women of for color, color excuse me for lingerie lines for women of all different shapes and sizes and for women of color oh, i didn't know that oh she's savage fenty that's her oh yeah i, I haven't even heard of that so that's just now she you I, see i live under a rock so well, don't laugh at me y'all i, do I pulled in so that's the only reason i know i've just heard stuff. of the fenty for the yeah. face i didn't realize she's she hitting up the body too she's everywhere so she you have this powerful woman and yeah she's had her issues with you know, they all have had Everybody their issues, has issues but like you have these women of who aren't afraid to hold their tongue. They say what they they what they mean to say. They're very decisive in the way they say it too, and they're not unapologetic for who they are. They're also very business savvy. Yeah, and that's what Gigi is. She's created her own business, her own branding. She's a social influencer, which represents what's going on nowadays with kind of like what's what uh people can do different forms that like career can take but she's also like she has no time for like men being men sometimes like when being she, ridiculous yeah when she's sh- when she shakes down or um not shakes down when she strucks down that guy who's trying to pick up um ally and she's like i mean it was a little brash she was like she prefers chicks over dicks so i'm like yeah though like and then she tells him to leave 
basically and he's still trying to like oh yeah well i'm into that i could do the you know and then i not only was she like burning him the first time around Ooh, she but she was like he was flambéed by the time had he left i was like she was like no no like you guys gotta watch done. it yeah. yeah you were just playing go and i was like and that's the thing it's like those women when we need to step up for ourselves and be like hey i said no i said this or i'm like you need to respect that and step off like it shouldn't be that she has to flame these people for this to happen but it's gotten to a point that you have people who that you know keep pushing and they don't get the word no Mm. but also the fact that it's women who are like uh gg who are seen as the stereotypical bitch Mm. or she just is a man hater or this that and the other now i don't know what her particular issues with men are Mm -hmm. because we do see that she has there is something there but there's also in when she's going back and forth with her um in her like i don't know what it is oh her her her, i think it's a twitter account there's this guy hakeem right hotep hakeem she does specify about how you know down with the male patriarchy she was like follow a man who will not follow a man but follow someone who can lead Lead, right don't just be like in power of somebody else who can't do anything and is not going anywhere and this is in the response of like this man telling her that she's break by her that basically feminism is breaking down or is like breaking down the fam black family and how it's detrimental to how the family should work in that basically what he said was that women should submit to their man and stay at home and do and have a job or not yes. have a job stay at home, home and take care of the house right and she said submit she did say she's like women you can submit to a man who is that you feel honor, g- gains that respect it's not and i feel like she's used the word submit but she didn't so much mean as a submit as in like give everything but like i think the the issue is with how you interpret the word submit right and just because you you might some submission is different and i think i learned that from yanya van zant um she's a friend of oprah and and things like that like submission looks completely different Mm -hmm. depending on how you think about Mm -hmm. it and just because you have submitted doesn't mean that you are enslaved to some exactly to else. and that's when when she that's why i think she still used the term submit she's like submit to a man that leads that can proves to you that can lead if you can gain my respect and my trust that i know then, then yeah then then i will have your back and right. i guess that kind of goes back to queen and slim mm. is like that ride or die yeah like the person that you can be with through thick and thin and who will accept you for who you are mm-hmm and will not try to change that or try to transform it into something that they want. Right. And that you're more, that you're equals, not that I'm here to serve you, but that we're here to have each other's back. Right. We walk side by side. You don't walk ahead of me Mm -hmm. and I, or you don't walk behind me. Angelique or Gigi, she, she had me though, when Hotep Hakim came at her at the party and called her, I think he called her the white man's whore, he, and I he, was he like, said a quite a few. I was his, like, his his logic no. was like, I w- part of me was like, wait a minute, this makes it, who is he talking to? Because he said he was, she was out there with like the slave drivers, and I was yes. like, who is he referring to? There was to? only one white guy, I think, in, in the, the whole group? in the whole group that she was talking to. 
I don't know what he like, maybe like the oppressors she or whatever, yeah. and like how would her ancestors feel? feel if she was out here? And because she was dressed to the nines, I was like, get it, girl, because she was feeling sexy. Part of her power was made her feel creative and lusty. And I think it's also the charm that was leaking off of her because mm. she was kind of enchanting the men All the that men. was around that yeah. were around her. I just could his argument. I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I couldn't. I w- I would have said the same thing to him as well because i'm like excuse you who are you to come out out of here well he walked away after he after he dropped after the bomb. he dropped that and then she was she went right she, up she got up and went right after him like what and the hell did i you was say? like make a scene dude because because at the same time like I, sometimes they're like black women you know you're hostile you're making a scene but sometimes people try to uh what's a gaslight you and he that's what he was doing like set her up to like make her look crazy but at the same time, I was like, you need to drop this nigga. <laughs> like, I was like, he needs to be taken down a few notches because for her to also just walk away and let it go, then other people think you can talk to, you know, women, women like, that. like that. And so after this affair uh, at the art exhibit mm. goes on, Gigi is kind of like taken to task by Ada, um, who basically tells her while she's drunk, find your own way home. And I was like, how are you going to leave her? Cause she maybe she knows she'll be well. Well, she already knew because she had texted Kyle someone, to Kyle, and that also brings me to poor Kyle because I love Kyle. I do too. And he I was, was like, man. everybody, yeah, yeah, Allie, they're just like you and Kyle would make a great couple. And Gigi's like, nope, I like this friends with benefits thing. Right. And Kyle is even like, when are we gonna get past this friends and zone. actually have a real relationship? Right. I want a real relationship. And that goes to the thing of like, so these people we were talking about earlier, she wants this freedom, but then as soon as anyone tries to get close to who she is and like actually cares about her as a male, she's like, hold up, wait a minute. And then she, when we talk about how she's quick to respond to Hotep Akeem. She's quick to respond to these other men. But, like, when it comes to her, because she has to ask her father for something, when it comes to her talking to her father, she can't really get words out. She Her no, tongue she is, like, articulate yeah. what it is that she wants. Which is interesting, because you're like, what's the relationship with her? It her? is. And maybe that would also lead into why she treats men the mm-hmm. way she does, whether she likes them and respects them or not. Right, because her mother, she's the only one who doesn't have a mother growing at some point. Her mother died as well, so she was just with her father. Whereas Yaya, for a while, I'm assuming, they don't really go into too much. Yaya, I think, grew up with both her her parents. parents And and her dad is white, actually. Oh. Uh, Yeah, she mentions it when she's walking with Coop. And he was like, he was like, oh, so you have one of those woke white guys as a dad. And she's like, yeah, but don't say that around him. Because he teaches at, like, Morehouse or something. And oh. was a professor from... Fa- yeah. I was like, how did oh. I miss this the first time? So her father... So she's mixed. And she's Jamaican. Her mother's Jamaican. But then also, Gigi, she's from Louisiana. So she's right. got Haitian voodoo. I think they mentioned one other thing. But I know for sure she's got, like, Haitian voodoo priestesses. But she did say that for some reason, even though she was from Louisiana, she ended up being pretty much raised in miami mm-hmm. which is also cuban right so, so we don't know what kind of influences that had nor do we know why she mm-hmm. ended up having to move from louisiana to miami because that's a big change and then she moves to new york new york yeah yeah 
for school, I'm assuming. But right, like, yeah, yeah, they were all in school together, and that's right. how they met and became friends. So there's so much that could be. Uh, you really hope because season one's only seven episodes, so you really hope that more comes to it. And then the other person, so you have these three women representing different sides of life, different kinds of personality, um, going through different struggles, but in a way, all kind of the same. They're all dealing with love. Um, Allie's lesbian. And she hasn't found anyone. She she meets someone later in the show. But, like, you have uh, Yaya who's in love with someone who's – or likes someone who doesn't love her back. And then you've got Gigi who has these men, a man who at least one of them – even Lawyer Bay seemed like he wanted to commit to her, but she doesn't want any of them and right. has this and wall. Right, and I think her – out of all those guys, her favorite seems to still be Kyle. Yeah. But for some reason, she doesn't want to proceed – she doesn't want to go into a relationship with mm-hmm. Kyle. We'll f- I, well, if there's a season two, hopefully we'll find out more. Right. Because she treat Kyle she treat was so, so bad. I was like, so man. Bad. I was like, he's such a good guy. And he still came and picked her up from that party drunk and so watched him talk to some dude on the street. And he was upset, but they do have a conversation about, about it. When she flips out on him about it. Because it's kind of like, cause, and I get her point in a sense of like why she struck out. It's kind of like, who are you to tell me what to do with my life? Because people, when you grow up for so long in a certain, you know, when people tell you what to do with your life, you get real reactive. Right. Um, and I think that comes from not sometimes having some people who are care about you mm-hmm. always being around to be like, hey, you need to quit doing this because. I don't want you to get hurt. Right. And you're doing something. He that references could get you hurt. something. And I'm like, damn. She flipped the script. What? 2013. I'm like, what happened in 2013? I know. I was like, can we go back? Is there going to be a flashback? flashback? Nothing. I was like, flashback all right, episode, Moon. Anybody? All right, Moon Ferguson. I see you out there. Try to get a couple of seasons. We want to go past season two. I think I feel like someone mentioned being on Netflix or a web series or something in there, like offhandedly about something else. And I was like, oh, I see y'all. Maybe I'm thinking of something, but I feel like. Yeah. And also, if like Netflix or Amazon wants Netflix, to help out, I say Netflix only because we don't have Amazon Prime like that. So you know, I mean, unless Amazon wants to help us out with that, but <laughs> yeah, if Amazon wants to give us a free subscription so that we can watch Juju, I'm here for it. Yep, I'm down. Get <laughs> that Jeff Bezos. Stop asking me for money. <laughs> yeah, I was like, give up some of your own, dude. But um, um, so we've so those are the three main witches, and then there's Ada Ada. Yes, who is basically, I guess, their version of the white lighter. Yeah, um, but, but also an ancestor. Ancestor, like she's like their their spiritual guide, mm. um, mentor. She's basically like, look, this is what you can do, and this is what you can't do. And I'm here to help you. Let me I'm, help you. Yes, let me help you orient yourselves. Like I think here comes once again the presence of a strong older woman to help lead. Mm. Um, and you see that with the both the two charm series. The original series had the grandmother, mm-hmm. and then after the grandmother dies is when everything kind of goes starts happening. Yeah. And then the new charm series has the mother, and then when she when dies. she dies, that's when everything starts to happen. But in this one, they're in different aspects of life, and here she is bringing them together, like the death of the female matri- the the matriarch is the one that brings the other two the other two charm series together. That's right. what brings the sisters together. But here we have the arrival of the matriarch that we have yet to see what Would the effect is on their relationship. Right. Cuz they're they're 
close, but sometimes you see that they're not as close as they possibly could be in certain ways. Well, that's because they're all different people, of course. So I almost we'll feel like they're like sisters, though. Like that's you have true. The ar- they have their arguments, but like but at they're the same still time, together. Yeah, and then who knows what will come from Ada being there. Will they become even closer as right. a as a group? She mentions things on and off. But, like, she doesn't give full story. And they keep telling her at points. They're like, hey, when are you going to tell us the full story? Because shit's happening and we need to know. Or even, like, who are you? And, like, how do you, like, how are you helping us get through this? I love how she they ask her a question and she's just like, we won't we'll talk, talk about, about that. that right now. And they're like, but no, I'm still stuck and on. And I was <laughs> like, wait, no, that's an important thing to be talking about right now and she was like we won't worry about that right now let's move on to this over here and they're still like but but they eventually get dissuaded from it but they ask a few times like but i'm still caught up on this like what do we need to know this because we might die right but then there's some mysteries surrounding ada as well about how why she's there Mm. um we know that she's there to guide them but what else is is the reason for her being there like is she guiding them towards something good or bad right so there are these other things that are going on and right now from what you can see it looks like she's guiding them towards something that's good because she's reversing the impacts of the some of the things that they have done Hmm. um stopping them from doing uh, from getting killed by chelsea by by chelsea white witch who works for the mysterious black man which also yeah i was like but also okay 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 there's too many things with this because then there's ada you don't know if she you think she's good and to the girl she's presenting as good but there's like a moment where you're like someone basically is like don't let evil take over you're like i'm sorry what (laughs) to ada and then like you said the white witch who is who knows who knows who ada is they recognize each other later on in the series She's working for some black dude, but like, is this black dude the main person or who are they working for? Right, because Chelsea has a mission and Chelsea's been failing in her mission. Yes, and she so keeps killing black Chelsea dudes. Chelsea gets <laughs> retired permanently. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's told before you and your others will be like stuck up on the cross or burned. Yes. Or something and like I that. was like, oh. wait, now there's crucifixion involved. <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, yeah. there are all these mysteries that are starting to kind of build. There's and, a, yeah. and these secrets, and it's like, well, we need to have some revelation. And as the series goes on, that's when you will get these things. Right. Because it's basically, she set, Moon Ferguson set you up for, like, all these different secrets. Like, more people know what's going on than these, like, before these three women find out um, what's happening. Like, before their even birthday, it feels like people have been leading up to this and setting up. To, like, even you find out that maybe Gigi's father knows more than what is going on you also find out that there's these people that are watching not only the girls but also watching chelsea i'm not gonna get into all that because i don't want to give a, all yeah. of these questions so much more i was like when i realized that i was like oh my god those are the same well we've pretty much come to the conclusion of Gigi. so my question for you is how many fuzzy fros would you give this series Oh, but like for the potential it has and what it could do, I'm going to give it five. I'm interested. I mean, like I'm I'm excluding the production because I understand what they were working with. So I'm not even looking at that as a storyline. I like it and I'd like to know more and I want to find out what happens. So I'm going to say five. Fuzzy froze. Um, I would say I would give it three. Um, 
I do like the storyline. I think it could be fleshed out a bit more. I mean, for what they had. For what they had. I'm not included. I'm not talking about, like, how they had. For what they had, it's it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. But I think that there could have been some more things that are kind of fleshed out. But then when you think each episode is, like, not to dissuade, like, they're you're, you're like less than 20 minutes. Yeah. So, and, like, with a budget, like, we were talking about this earlier. How much can you fit in without giving stuff away and without it being boring? Um, but also, like leaving mystery to it you know because i think they did a really good job of fleshing as much as they possibly could in a 15 to 20 minute episode when there's all these because then this is just from what i've been experiencing trying to research this stuff there's a whole cosmos of shit that they that like you can go into that we don't really have experience with and as at least i don't really know much about this but i'm trying to learn more so for me it was fascinating because a i've been trying to learn about this stuff for a long time and it's something that's fascinating so maybe that's why mine's so high is that this is all stuff that's really interesting to me that i want to learn more about and i know i don't know much about but i know there's a lot and for as much as there is they got into as much as they could for how much time and money that they had well i see your point and I'm interested to learn more. Like, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to see more of the series, but like I said, I think there's some things that could probably be fleshed out just a little bit better. And I think that's what they were going to do in season two. And hopefully they can. Yeah. But I still think, for me, it's yeah. still going to be three. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a very low score. I was gonna think you were at least going to give it four. Yeah. I don't know. I like the I thought of. It I thought about it, but for me, like I said, I, I for right now, I'm with three. But if we can see a season two, I might change that. But yeah. I think that there um, is room for growth for sure. Yeah, for it being something about, like, black culture, black mysticism, um, black sisterhood, uh, as well as, like, ancestral magic, it's a pretty interesting show to, like, check out. They, we might have missed when they were trying to fund for se- season two. I know they still have stuff on their website about, but I think they haven't taken some stuff down. So I don't know what's the most updated thing. You could visit their website, jujuwebseries.com, to at least uh, check out the video. If you'd like to support it, they have opportunities to buy things. Um, if they might, I know they were doing Seed and Sprout last time for raising money. Um, I haven't seen anything about that recently. So, And also, we realize that at this point in time because of COVID-19 or the coronavirus that it's really difficult and money is tight for many of us. However, if you can Mm. donate even just a little bit or even check out the show and word of mouth and like even just a little bit of time or Mm. even a little bit of money, I'm sure it could go a long way to help. Yeah, it definitely has a lot of potential um, to grow and be good. And I feel like if they had the money and the backing, they could make a really great season two. That would be, and like, or even season, like I could see this building into something. Um, Cause even there's a show called, I think it was called Supernatural or something that I wanted to talk to you about or something else. Wait, like uh, the Supernatural that's on no, the WB? No, 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 no. There's a, there's, remember I was telling you it was a black family. Oh, uh, yes. You didn't give me the that. name every right. time I think about it. But I think there's such a lack. There's like a need for this kind of stuff. 
Um, there's other things that I've, I've been seeing coming out. Like I think I sent you something about a sci-fi. It was like a sci-fi space queen, and yes, the lead was, that was black. Very interesting. So you guys, if you hear this, check it out on sci-fi. I can't remember now the name of what it was called. Oh yeah, even the, the sci-fi top. channel could possibly pick up the series. Yeah, honestly, because like, they also are the ones who had the black family that was like all witches or had a family secret of witches and stuff. You, yeah. You're right. There are a lot of good ideas that are here that can be used to kind of kickstart and fire the imagination vagrant queen oh. that's yes. the one on sci-fi yeah so that looked that like it was going to be very interesting see that's what i'm thinking like if they had this kind of backing can you imagine what the first season would have been like if they had that kind of backing they'd probably get five pussy frogs for me mm-hmm. too but i think you should check it out um we're going to post a link for the actual web series uh, main page but a few things about black witches in film that we found really interesting when we were researching and looking up this movie or the show excuse me if you're interested in learning more about like the kind of mysticism that they go into, it's Yoruba, Candoble, and Santeria, um, which is a lot of it is derived from like West African culture that came over in the African diaspora and kind of changed depending on like what country. And they mis- mentioned that at one point. They're they like, do. we're all Caribbean. And so, you know, she's Cuban. One's Cuban, one's Jamaican, one's, one's Haitian. Um, so you've got, uh, if you want to learn more, we'll drop some things up there, start your research out. There's also some good books. Feel free to DM us, DM us if you'd like to learn more. But as for now, thanks for joining us. I hope you take a look at Juju, the web series. Mm -hmm. It will be something great for us to have more of a discussion about. And since this month is kind of like magic and, uh, we're going to talk about the bells, Yes, next that's time the next book the first part of it we're only gonna talk book about one. book one um so staying in line with april and magic and you know when you think about april's uh earth month basically everyone's like ooh, oh earth, yeah, day. earth day so like it's kind of all fits you know connection to the earth and the sky and all that other stuff so uh yeah we're gonna put the colors back crayons back in the box and until next time have a good one Opening and closing music by...